push the red button if you think you're ready. I'm always ready. Here goes. New section called the ice cream scoop. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Odyssey Scoopcast, your source for the latest in Adventures in Odyssey news, always in podcast form. I'm your host, Garrett Vandenberg, for this August 20th, 2013 edition of the show. Let's get scooped. First off, I just wanted to mention quickly that Album 57, A Call to Something More, is officially available for download on ChristianBook.com. So if you go check that up, you'll probably be able to buy it and download and listen to the new episodes of Adventures in Odyssey. I am really pumped. I'm actually going to do that tonight as soon as I'm done recording this. So maybe we'll talk a little bit about those episodes on the forums if you guys head over to OdysseyScoop.com forum. Moving on, though, we have a really cool show set up for you today. We interviewed Phil Lawler, who is the creator of Adventures in Odyssey. I'm not going to tell you too much more, because obviously it'd be better to hear it straight from the horse's mouth. So without any further ado, here is part one of our interview with Phil Lawler. Welcome to the Adventures in Odyssey Scoopcast. Today we are interviewing a man, a myth, a legend. And I'm actually surprised that we haven't interviewed him before. He is actually the founder of the show that this podcast is based on. Uh, he's also been a part of many notable projects, such as Little Dogs on the Prairie, 321 Penguins, and most notably, uh, I think people know him for playing uh, Sylvester Rochelle in the latest uh, Ceiling Fan episode. Uh, Phil, how did you get in contact and uh, be able to work with such handsome young men? Well, it was a long, involved process, um, which basically came down to they asked me. Ah. And that's kind of how it happened. So, but isn't, isn't that how it always is, though? Right? <laughs> <laughs> no, but he is the co-creator of Adventures in Odyssey. He created it with Steve Harris back in 19... 1987. Yep. The one and only Phil Lawler, ladies and gentlemen. Greetings, 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 as Eugene would say, greetings and salutations. Well, thanks so much for coming on to the Scoopcast today. You know, you've started so many series, uh, Little Dogs on the Prairie, which it was so funny. You, what was your involvement in that show? Um, that show came about as a result of another series that I did with the same guys, Jungle Jam and Friends. Jeff Parker and I worked together at Focus on the Family. After I had uh, Steve and I created Adventures in Odyssey, we got that up and running. A lot of stuff was going on uh, with Odyssey. Jeff came on board as a kind of a... He, he wasn't really working specifically with Odyssey, but he wrote a couple of episodes of Adventures in Odyssey. And he already had a property uh, and a project that he was working on called Jungle Jam. And they had done some music albums. So I talked to him one day and we had a conversation. We had lunch. And out of that lunch came up the idea that we should do a broadcast of a Jungle Jam. It should be done. You know, we should have a radio show. And so we worked real hard, put that together. Once that got up and running and there were, that was so much fun to do. It was a hilarious time. Out of that also then came, we did Marvy and the Razzle Flabbins with the same crew. And then out of that, we started to do a video series called Little Dogs on the Prairie. And then all of those were just so much fun. How did you switch over to animation? Because, I mean, Jungle Jam was just an audio series. We had had a lot of people talking to us, including the big idea folks, about animating Jungle Jam. And we just, you know, the design elements just weren't there. Animation was in no small part because of uh, VeggieTales and then also because of the Adventures in Odyssey animated series was starting to be very big at that time. And so a lot of the Christian distribution companies like Word and Thomas Nelson uh, they were starting their own animation, kind of small animation distribution, and then production wings. And uh, we had gotten involved with Tommy Nelson. And um, 
we put the deal together and they, uh, they funded the three little dogs videos that we did and, uh, had a blast doing them, creating them and putting them all out there. And it was Why great. Weren't there any more videos? Well, a lot of things happen in Christian radio and the Christian market. I don't necessarily know if this is just specific to Christian stuff, but a lot of times what happens in kids series is that you get to a point where you have to consider it to be a marriage and not a date. You have to build the brand because Christians are very discerning about a lot of things, and you have to build the brand to the point where the people who are going to buy the product, which are parents, especially for their kids, trust you and uh, will keep on putting money out there for your product. Also, I think, you know, there's just from a, the standpoint of morally, Christians don't like to deficit finance things, they don't want to be in debt. And you almost have to deficit finance videos. They just cost an enormous amount of money. So you have to borrow the money and then hope that you're going to make that money up on the back end. And Focus on the Family was very big about not deficit financing anything. They paid for everything as it went along. Yeah. Um, and if they didn't have the money, they didn't do it. For instance, VeggieTales went into deficit financing and then hit big time, and they didn't have to do that anymore. You mentioned Big Idea and VeggieTales, uh, one of the other th projects that you worked on. And one of the main reasons why... All growing up, people at my church called me Kevin, uh, which was a bit annoying. Three, two, one, penguins. Yeah, that was a series that we did for the Big Idea folks. It was a lot of fun. For the longest time, it was we had been talking with the Big Idea folks, and we finally were able to work out a project with them. So we, we were trying to figure out what we were going to do. And, I, and again, Jeff Parker, who was wonderfully funny and very creative guy, just said penguins in space one day. And we just kind of fell on the floor <laughs> laughing. We thought that was hilarious. <laughs> and then we had another one called Cows in College. We just started juxtaposing animals in weird places. <laughs> and we're coming up with crazy names for the astronauts. And Jeff was like, yes, Zigil, Midgil, Fidgil, and Kevin. And that, that, was, that was it. That was, like, yeah, okay, it we're just done. throws That's you it. off. You're, you're expecting. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's just crazy, though, how like you've kind of built up so many of these different shows. Like you started Odyssey, you started 321 Penguins. What goes into building a show up like that from the ground? Like what are some of the steps you take when you're thinking of starting a show? Well, you, you've got to have a good idea first. Hopefully uh, not an idea that too many people have done before. They're not, they're not any really new ideas. They're just new. Your take on them is new. Well, yeah, th that, that's one kind of thing that Kevin and I always look at when we're trying to make a piece of media. We say, all right, has this already been done before? Then if no, then we'll do it. But if it has been done, all right, can we do it better? Exactly. You just what? What is our take on this thing? Can we do it in a different way? And we, you know, will our way be more entertaining than the way that it has been done a million times before? Solomon said in Ecclesiastes, "There's nothing new under the sun." So you're not going to get an original, 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 absolutely outrageously original idea. But you, you, you unless do your if you take go on it. for something like penguins in space. But that, I mean, there was already pigs in space on the Muppets. There you oh, go. That's oh, true. You see, so we just did our yeah, take on nothing it. Nothing new. So after you get the idea. <laughs> Then you, you really just need to develop it. It comes down to writing and writing and writing and writing and rewriting and rewriting and trying to make sure that the scripts are right and the stories are good stories. And uh, that's the basis for everything. Once you get that going, then you take them all into the studio. You, you cast it, which is an ordeal. If you can do stuff with your friends and you all do good voices really, really well, you're very lucky. The whole idea of casting is somebody's going to be disappointed. And not just somebody. Most people will be disappointed in a casting situation because only one person can get the role. So you do that, you go through that ordeal, you get everybody together, you start recording and uh, making sure that everything is the way you want it to be. Uh, that's where the director is very important, I think, especially in modern times where people are recording remotely a lot. Um, the director has to be able to hear the actors talking and direct them. And then it goes to post-production. All the tracks are edited together. You start laying down sound effects. 
mix it all together, and then you're uh, then you're you got your product. You see how it sounds. Run it up a flagpole. See who salutes. Now we want to give you a chance to get our audience a little excited about what you're doing now. Can you tell us a little bit about that? I'm not even going to say the name of it, but you can just... I, I've got a new series that I'm developing now, and it's called Iliad House. Now, I know everybody's going to go Odyssey, Iliad, okay, Sumi. Yeah, that sounds like I you're like just ripping off Greek Odyssey. Poems. But it's interesting that you know Odyssey is about a journey, and the Iliad is about a battle, a war. And that's what's happening in Iliad House, too. Wow. In the Bible, it says that our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the powers and the principalities of this present darkness. And that's pretty much uh, what's going to be happening in a lot of the episodes of uh, Iliad House. Can, can we assume that a lot of the battles here are going to be a, like very spiritual battles against that darkness? Yes, uh, there will be spiritual battles, certainly, but not just spiritually. They will also be done physically in a different spiritual plane, so... It will involve all sorts of different kinds of things. We're not going to shy away from those. That's been a thing that we've kind of had to deal with with Odyssey, but we're going to actually embrace that in this uh, series in Iliad House. Iliad House is sort of geared toward the idea that we can tell those kinds of stories that uh, secular media loves to tell, but we're going to provide the Christian alternative. Our main character is a guy named Jesse Davidson, and he's an orphan, and he bounced around foster family to foster family, until he discovered an uncle that he never really knew he had when he was 12 years old. And he came to live with this uncle. Now, this uncle lives on an island. After he's lived there for a couple of years, he's made a couple of friends. One of his friends, Stu, uh, discovered that on this island is an old abandoned train. And uh, they'd been using it as a clubhouse. They discover that uh, this thing is not stationary at all. It actually can move, but it moves through time. That's really cool. Man, tell the people listening where they can go, because, of course, this is not completely funded yet. Yeah. As a matter of fact, that was the next thing that I wanted to mention. Thank you for bringing that up. The idea behind this is that it's a completely independent program. We're not affiliated with any organization. We're funding it through a Kickstarter campaign. Kickstarter is a crowdfunding website, and uh, we have a whole presentation on the Kickstarter program that tells all about the show and about the people involved in it and the money that we're trying to raise in order to be able to bring the program to you. But you can go onto the Kickstarter website, and uh, you can go to our page, Iliad House, and it gives you different options for making a pledge. You can have different amounts, everything from $1 all the way up to you know $1,000. But we need your help. I mean, we can't do it without people coming in and supporting us financially. So real quick before we go, can you give us maybe a tentative date for when the uh, the first season or the pilot season will be coming out? Well, we're actually trying to do the pilot season to get it out in time for Christmas. Cool. So um, we're very rushed. But I know that on the um, Kickstarter website as well, you can see that our date, our goal for getting everything out to everybody is in February. So Your Kickstarter is one of the best uh, put together that I've seen. I didn't know much about the show, and then I read it, and then I, I feel like I knew so much about it, and I was just super excited. Thank you very much. My partners put the video and stuff together, and they kind of put most of that stuff together, and they did an excellent job. I think it's a very well-done presentation. If the show's held up to the standard that your presentation is, then I think it's going to be a, a fabulous show. So thanks, Phil, for being on uh, on the show. Thanks for telling us all about how to build a story. I know that's something you've been doing for all your life. We're really excited about Elliot House. We're looking forward to when it comes out soon, and... I don't know yeah. how I was yeah. going to end that. Yeah. Sentence. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're very welcome. And I really appreciate you guys having me on. It's so much fun to talk to you guys. You're creative guys. And I really enjoy talking to you. And I'm really grateful for the opportunity to tell everybody about Iliad House. Please, please, please go to our page and uh, 
click on something and contribute to it. We really need you and we're appreciative for everything that you're doing for us. So thank you very much. Wow, that was an amazing interview. Did you kids enjoy it as much as I did? Okay, I'm going to stop doing that because that's annoying. But yeah, it was a really fun interview. I'm really looking forward to showing you guys part two of the interview, which we'll be releasing two Tuesdays from now. So you can be looking forward to that. Anyway, guys, that's it for this episode of the Scoopcast. I will see you all in two weeks. Peace out.